I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Live Mike is the name of the show. And uh, on, during this segment, we're going to be talking about uh, gerrymandering. Uh, and we're going to talk about what happens every 10 years when the boundaries are redrawn here in the state of Utah and elsewhere uh, to determine congressional districts and House districts and uh, senatorial districts here in the state of Utah. And this is a storyline that's been playing out for some time. My guest is Rebecca chavez Hauku, who is a former representative here in the state of Utah and is now the executive director of Better Boundaries. I got word from your organization this morning that it turns out, uh, at least in your estimation, this issue is not yet settled. What's the latest? Well, Lee, our biggest concern is that presently um, it looks like the legislature is going to um, make some adjustments to Prop 4. And uh, Prop 4 is current law. It's one thing I always try to affirm when we talk about the current status of our Independent Advisory Redistricting Commission is that Prop 4 is current law. It was adopted by the voters in 2018. And uh, we actually were very much looking forward to seeing it put into place next year. Um, we uh, were excited about having conversations with legislative leadership about the appointments because it is the authority of the legislators to appoint the commissioners except for the chair which the governor would appoint and um, they've had some reservations uh, with the with the law and we've uh, been acting in good faith over the last year or so to try to address some of their concerns um, but unfortunately we uh, our negotiations broke down with in the last couple of days uh, because they have refused to um, preserve the ban on the use of partisan and incumbent data when drawing the districts and are not even allowing the commission um, to have that ban placed on it. So help that us, is our help, biggest concern. That's the core of Prop 4. Help us understand that aspect. What would you talk, talk about the ban? Yeah. So, um, presently what it says is that you cannot use the, that those political, um, that political information. So what the makeup of the district might be or a community might the be. The geographic distribution you, of, of partisan. partisan yeah, Got where it. they're at or where an incumbent lives. That's happened many times in the past when we've looked at our redistricting processes where an individual, if they live in a certain district, that consideration is taken in and the commission would not be allowed to do that. They cannot look at the partisan makeup. They 
account look at where people live based on their partisan, you know, where, where there's a likelihood of more of one party versus another. What they can do and what we were looking forward to having the commission consider are the things like communities of common interest of those geographic boundaries, you know, not having a situation like we do in Cottonwood Heights where you have three congressional districts that split a, split a community up and there's areas up north in, in the northern part of Utah that face some of those similar challenges. Um, so those are the things that the the that proposition for the current law prohibits the commission from taking into consideration. They cannot look at the partisan makeup. They cannot look at where incumbents live. They have to look at these other criteria um, and then look at the standard deviation to make sure that those uh, sure. districtors are as compact as they can be um, and as contiguous as they should be to avoid uh, being challenged. So that is what we wanted to preserve is that ban on partisan and incumbent redistrict and gerrymandering. So that's, that's my, our biggest, that was our concern and that's why we had to walk away from the table because the legislature was unwilling to make that prescriptive and keep those provisions in the law. This may sound like an ignorant question and I ask it just as an educational effort but to, what are the downsides of, of considering those types of uh, data sets, the, the, the political makeup of a geographic area or the, the, you know, the, the incumbents right. uh, region? So one thing that I always like to bring up is the fact that right now we're looking at nearly 40%, some 35%, 40% of our voters are unaffiliated voters in this state and if the idea is to assure that districts are put together without those partisan considerations and to assure that individuals feel that they're well represented by however that district is comprised. It should be other factors versus what the partisan makeup of the district is. Um, so especially now where we're seeing such a turn uh, from on both both parties. I mean, Democrats are losing people. Republicans are losing people to this uh, unaffiliated cache of, of individuals and voters. We just want to make sure that their voices are also sure. taken into consideration and that there is um, that, that as much as possible, though that criteria is not taken into consideration, the partisan piece. Let me ask you a question. It's going to sound kind of wordy, but uh, bear with me, and I think <laughs> you'll understand the principle yeah. here. Do you believe that at present that the makeup of the elected body, let's say the, the Utah House, mm -hmm. a pretty big body, do you think the makeup of the Utah House is reflective of the political makeup of the state of Utah? Um, I would say that. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Basically, do you think that Republicans are proportionally represented? Do you think that Democrats are proportionally represented in, in, in accurate proportions in, in the, the House? In the, legislature? In the House, yeah. um, you know, again, going back to where our unaffiliated voters are and not knowing where the dynamic is changing as we go into the next ten years. I mean, I think what I need to do is pivot here and think about not necessarily what we're looking at now. But be aspirational about the commission and the potential that it provides and looking at the possibility of what does the landscape look like going forward. And of course, we look at the data of census 2020. That's what's going to be driving this, where people live, um, other demographic information that will drive um, how we look at who's living where and those communities of common interest, which could be so important right now. Um, so I guess that's the way I would look at it is we're looking aspirationally because we have to think about what those districts will do in terms of representing people as effectively as they possibly can, given the diversity, given the political diversity and other components of diversity of those districts. Um, so, yeah, perhaps with the House district in, you know, in, in 2010, there was uh, with the House districts and the Senate districts at the local level, the state legislative right. level, there was a lot of effort to assure that the that the that the standards were met, I would argue that the congressional districts may not be as representative in terms of having a diversity of voices.
voice from minority view viewpoints, and I'm not just talking Democrats. I'm talking sure. about that unaffiliated group of people. Um, so that that is what are, one of the big big concerns that I've heard when we were um, taking Prop Four out into the community and talking to people about how, their representation is primarily with the congressional districts, but. Uh, you know, I'll add that whole aspirational angle to it is what does Utah look like for the next 10 years sure. and do the districts best reflect the the needs and the desires and the voter makeup of the individuals that currently live here in 2020 and going into the next decade. Rebecca Chavez-Hauk, she is the executive director of Better Boundaries here for the state of Utah. Our time has expired. I'm grateful to you for joining me. I'm grateful to you ex- to, for explaining uh, your position here on this issue. I'll, I'll let our listeners know in the next segment we're going to be speaking to Senate Majority Leader Evan Vickers who has been uh, negotiating with your organization. As you characterize it, those negotiations broke down in recent days. We'll get his side of the story next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.